this is our third session on Colossians 2, 11 to 12. I thought that we would just do two sessions. In a sense, I was finished last time. But the more I thought about this, the more I thought, I just want to linger a little longer over the distinct, once-for-all, glorious, supernatural transaction that happened through faith in union with Christ when we were buried with him and raised with him. It is so spectacularly glorious what has decisively happened to Christians already that defines how we live in this world and where we will end up in the next that I just couldn't leave it without lingering a little longer. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. This is not by human agency, either in the act of circumcision or the act of baptism. This is God's doing in the heart through faith. By putting off the body as it is defined by the flesh, controlled by the flesh, ruled by the flesh, the sinful, rebellious part of our nature, by the circumcision of Christ, namely, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith. So these two acts of going under the water by baptism, coming up out of the water in baptism, insofar as there is faith, then we are in that act representing our union with Christ whereby his burial and death count as ours, and our resurrection has already happened in his. Faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So God, as we just take a few more minutes to look at the way Paul glories in the reality of this death and resurrection, and its once-for-allness, and its impact on present life. Oh, may it have such an impact on us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm simply going to point to a few more texts by way of underlining the glory that happens when, through faith, God's gift of faith, he unites us to Christ so that the death and burial of Christ become our death and burial, and his resurrection from the dead becomes our resurrection. So let's look, for example, a chapter later in Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, which he just said we were, seek the things that are above. You can see how it's going to take a huge ethical impact as we ponder how Paul understands what happened when we were raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above, for you have died. It's done. Christian, Christians are walking dead and alive. Oh, how we need to reckon with this every day. That's what Paul says. You've got to reckon yourself dead. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. Or back to chapter 1 of Colossians. He has delivered us, it's done, from the domain or the authority of darkness, and he has 
already, not he will, but he's already transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We have died to this authority, he would say in other language, and we are now alive in the kingdom of his son, never to die again, sharing all that the son has in his kingdom. Or Ephesians, and here's how Paul says it there, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. So when Christ was raised from the dead, we were united with him by faith, and his resurrection gives life to us. By grace you've been saved. And he not only raised us, he he not only gave us life, he raised us up with him and seated us with him. That's what Colossians 3.1 said. We have already been raised with Christ and are hidden with him in heaven, seated with him in the heavenly places. This is a done deal accomplished for Christians. By union with Christ, we are seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It can never change. Here's the way Jesus put it in John 5, 24. Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me, believe in the one who raised Jesus from the dead, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment. Why not? Judgment is coming. Will we not come into it? But has passed from death to life. (laughs) This is just glorious for living a life of bold, joyful, risk-taking. Pour it all out. Leave it on the field. Because judgment is past. It's over. We have already passed from death into eternal life. We won't die. We won't be condemned. We are hidden with Christ in God. That happened, represented in baptism, when we were united to Christ through faith. Implications? Romans 6, what what should we say then? Are we to continue in sin? that grace may abound? By no means. Now, what's his argument for by no means? Christians don't continue in sin. Why not? How can we who died still live in it? Dead men don't sin. That's the argument. Dead people don't go on sinning. If you live in bondage to sin, you show that you haven't died to it. We must go on appropriating the reality of our death to sin. Here it is in Galatians 2. Through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified. So it's, who's this I here? I have been crucified. Really, you're writing a letter, Paul. <laughs> I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live. Oh, you are alive. Yes, you are alive. I have been crucified. I now live. The I who is crucified is the old flesh. Remember, the body of the flesh was cut off. 
That's the body insofar as it was defined by the flesh. The flesh was crucified, not the new man in Christ. And that's who he's talking about here. I, the new Paul, the Paul of faith, now live in the flesh, and I live, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. That's the new mark, not by rebellion. The flesh was marked by rebellion and insubordination and the opposite of a humble, childlike trust in Christ. And now he says, no, no, the new me that, I, that now lives in the flesh lives, and that flesh is just the body, not the sinful aspect. He goes back and forth in the way he uses that word. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. One more text. Romans 7. Likewise, my brothers, you have died to the law through the body of Christ. So union with Christ, when he died, you died, so that you may belong to another. Not to the law, but to another. Who? To him who was raised from the dead. You switch masters from law and law-keeping as a way of salvation and life to Christ risen and faith in him, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. So from law-keeping to fruit-bearing by faith in the risen Christ in whom we now have new life. Or to put it another way, now we have been released from the law having died to that which held us captive, so that we might serve in the newness of the Spirit, not the oldness of the letter. We died to a whole way of life, a whole way of salvation by law-keeping, and we live now with our flesh crucified in the newness of the Spirit. We are now belonging to Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So what happened back here in this putting off of the body of the flesh, the body insofar as it is in bondage to and defined by the sinful, rebellious nature, what happened is that we died with Christ, we rose with him, and we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, or by faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. I just wanted to underline and exult with you in the decisive nature of what has really happened to us. So may we reckon ourselves dead with Christ and alive to God and give our bodies as instruments of righteousness.